It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Thursday edition of Lockdown Rams. I'm not sure if that was creepy, but it might have been. Either way, we're rolling along with the Thursday edition. We're going to continue our schedule preview series that we're doing every Thursday right now. We're up to week six. As we return home from Seattle to play another division rival in the San Francisco 49ers, we've got Brian Peacock from Lockdown 49ers today to chat with us, kind of talk over some of the things going on with contract disputes and their offense and who's the pressure on, all those things we're going to kind of pick his brain on today's show. Don't forget, you can find the show on the new streaming app Himalaya. Download it. It's free. It's awesome. Check it out. It's on my home screen on my cell phone. You know it's good when you're getting home screen type of love. You can also find us on Google Podcast, iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. You can find the show also on Twitter. I tweet it out. Yes, I do. Locked on Rams on all accounts, Instagram, Facebook. I got to give some love to my Facebook people, man. I got to get better on updating that. And speaking of that, I actually saw a really cool post recently on our Facebook from Annika Floritz. Uh, she's a listener of the podcast. What's up? Big shout out to you all the way over from the UK. Uh, and she kind of put up a article that she wrote kind of blogging her experience about becoming a Rams fan and what it's like over there. Uh, go check it out. She posted it up on the Lockdown Rams Facebook group. If you are not joined to that, join. I got to go back there and accept a bunch of people. But again, I got to start to interact with you guys a little bit more on Facebook. But she always sends us some really cool photos over from the UK going to the game again this year. So we appreciate you writing that article, that blog post, and kind of sharing some of your stories and experiences with us over there as a Rams fan. Again, Rams Nation, it is a nation. I appreciate all you guys listening, especially during these dead months in the NFL season where there's not a lot going on and we talk about a lot of the same stuff. Uh, but that's what we're here to do. Locked on Rams, your team every day. We're going to crank that thing up as we get closer and closer. And in fact, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do a podcast tomorrow. I forgot I am going to see my mom out in Vegas. We're driving out there tomorrow. Uh, maybe do a podcast in the car. Maybe I'll reach out to you guys on social media. Look alive if you're listening to this. Uh, for some questions, trying to figure out how I can get you guys another podcast to close the week, maybe a conversation with James Kroger. So stay tuned for that. I just woke up this morning and was like, oh, crap, that's tomorrow, huh? But again, you guys are the best, and we are looking forward to that regular season. Every day we are one day closer to football, and that's what we are all about here. Well, like I mentioned, I had a great conversation with Brian Peacock, so I'm just going to kick it over to the conversation I had earlier today with him. Brian Peacock, Locked On 49ers. We'll be back tomorrow or next week. We'll see how that goes. See if I can convince my girlfriend to record a podcast as we drive up to Vegas. Either way, more Rams content coming your way. But first, here is Brian Peacock, Lockdown Rams crossover, 
And in fact, before we get there, I want to give a shout out to BlueChew.com. They're one of the sponsors of the show. We've talked about them a bunch. And again, guys, this goes out to you. If you're having trouble scoring in the bedroom, listen up. Turn the radio up a couple notches because I'm going to tell you how you can fix that. Again, it's not just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants a little extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. So right now, Blue Chew has got a special offer just for the Locked On listeners. All you have to do is visit bluechew.com and you get your first shipment free. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and you just pay the shipping. Things like five bucks. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no doctor visits, no awkward waiting in the pharmacy. Uh, yes, Mr. Mater for the boner pills. Uh, that's me. No, none of that. This comes straight to your house. No more awkwardness. They are made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they are cheaper than a pharmacy. Again, that is Blue Chew, like the color blue. B-L-U-E, chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it for free. Blue Chew is better, cheaper, Faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Now here's our Lock Dog crossover with Brian Peacock. All right, Rams Nation, we are back, and we are continuing our 2019 scheduled preview series. We've got a Locked On crossover today. And we are up to, gosh, what are we, this is week six, I believe. We've got Brian Peacock from Locked On 49ers. Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Did I get the week right? I'm, now it's all blurred in my head. Is it week six, right? Uh, week six in LA. And then let's see, we're at the end of the year. It's week 16 uh, at 49ers, which is still to be decided Saturday or Sunday game. Okay, that's right. The little, the late season flex and really yeah. i mean it comes down to this also you know you just kind of hope that is is flex worthy at that point the last few years when it's gotten to that late matchup versus the rams and uh, niners it just hasn't been primetime worthy and it's, it's finally if we can get some healthier on both sides uh the teams are really building that way to kind of build this great late season game so we'll see how that goes but uh today we're just going to kind of pick your brain on some of the things um that are happening that have happened recently we didn't we talked you not too long ago in the draft but um you know looking at how everything's coming in we'll start with the your the number one draft pick that you guys got or i guess number two draft pick that you guys got with bosa he's still unsigned is there any concern there about what is going on with him getting uh pen to paper there is a little bit of concern mostly i mean if if his last name wasn't Bosa, I think that, well, he might not have been the second overall pick, but he also, I don't think people would be as worried because right now it's, people are worried it's going to be the same situation as it was with his brother and the Chargers. They have the same agency and they are not going to settle. They, they, they want what they want and they believe they deserve what every other number two overall pick has gotten as far as, you know, bonus structure and offsets and things like that because uh, everything else, money-wise, you know exactly what they're going to get. So uh, it's just the minor details there. The 49ers, and this is where it becomes something that I think it could be a, a bit of a holdout. I don't think it's going to last as long as his brothers did, which Joey, I think, signed right before the last week of the preseason or right after the last preseason game or something like that. Right. So he was signed just before the season, but missed all of camp in preseason, basically. I don't think, and this is where it gets tough because the 49ers and their cap guy, Parag Marate, he likes to do contracts a certain way. And if you look at all the big money contracts the 49ers have signed recently, whether it was Garoppolo, Quan Alexander this offseason, Jarek McKinnon, they've all been a lot of money up front and a lot of, and, and the overall money looks huge. 
but basically they boil down to being year to year contracts. And so he likes to, you know, he doesn't want, he just likes to do things a certain way. And the 49ers like to structure contracts a certain way. Now, when it comes to rookies, I don't think it's necessarily the same thing because they're going to get a certain amount of money. So it becomes all about the offsets and the little things that, you know, when bonuses are paid and if a guy gets hurt, will, you know, the offsets kick in and things like that. I think they're going to end up getting it done, but the 49ers do like to do things a certain way. And I know Bosa's camp is not going to settle. So it could go into camp a little bit, but I would guess by uh, the early in camp, the first few days, you know, it might not be day one, but two or day two or three, he's going to be signed and he's going to be in camp. But the 49ers second round pick Debo Samuel's not signed either. Also CAA represented. So uh, the, that agency really does not, they don't mess around and they, they want everything for their clients and they're certainly not going to sign early if they're not getting that. We'll see what happens when camp starts. But I, Right now, my worry level is not high, but there is potential for it to be a, a bit of a lengthy holdout. And then the question is, does it really matter? Because like Joey, he was on fire from week one anyway. I mean, like once he got in there, he could play. And Nick Bosa is like his brother, about as NFL ready as they come. So it might not even matter if he does go deep into camp with a holdout. Yeah, and that was kind of my next question. Uh, you, you know the talents there, but do you think that? And we see, you know, we saw holdouts here in LA, but it was more of established players. Aaron Donald holdout last couple of years because he, you know, felt he earned a contract. I think we all agree that he did earn all those dollars. But you know, coming in as a rookie, do you think guys that hold out as rookies, is there any conflict that happens within the locker room, or do you think do you think players understand kind of the concept of you're coming to the league, you got to get your contract right? Anything? Other than playing that this will affect this team. I think in the past there might have been a little bit of that. But I think these days players are really on each other's sides. And it's almost the opposite. I know that there was a little bit of a backlash because Baker Mayfield tried to call out Duke Johnson recently. And I I think nobody was on board with that. And some veterans had to pull him aside and say, like, look, we don't do that. We don't talk about other guys' contracts. They got to do what they got to do. And so I think that's where how most people are going to look at it. And I think most play people are like, well, that's cool. I get more reps in camp. I get, you know, I get to fight for my position. So if you're behind Nick Bosa, maybe you're trying to battle for a roster spot. You get more reps and that's okay. So I, I doubt anybody's going to care about any of that because they understand how the business works. And when it's their turn, they're going to have to do what they have to do. Yeah, it's funny you bring up that Baker part because, you know, they want him to be a leader out there. And, you know, when that all went down, I was just thinking Colin Cowherd's got to just be loving it because he loves when he sees Baker <laughs> kind of falling in the public eye. But uh, you, you do want your, your leader to be out there. But you're right. There is this kind of um, fraternity with all the guys. And actually, Todd Gurley was recently on uh, Josh Hart's podcast, and they were talking about other players around the league getting paid and how they're excited for them. So I, that is a good point that, you know, it is kind of this fraternity and these guys understand the process of business. And I guess to kind of parlay that into another player that's kind of in, I don't even know if you want to call it contract disputes. He just doesn't really seem to want to play there right now. Um, and it's a position that sometimes gets overlooked, but is really important when you got a good guy like Robbie Gold, uh, who is the kicker and seems to want to be close to home in Chicago and kind of said he doesn't want to, play for the 49ers and they basically said well you're under contract and you're going to be playing for us how's that situation looking is anyone budging and what's the backup plan plan I don't think there is a backup plan at all and I think everyone pretty much realizes look there's nothing to be done here he's got one year left on his contract he's not going to sign long term the 49ers tried to talk to him about that They're like look you know let's sign you long term we love you here we want you to be here and I think it's pretty clear that he wants to go but there was a, a moment in time when 
he wasn't as beloved around the league. And he came to the 49ers because they were the team willing to offer him a contract. And he's under contract. So the 49ers definitely aren't going to budge there. And but I think they realized, and Kyle Shanahan had talked about it. He's like, we know that he this is probably going to be it for him. And uh, that's that's that. So he's signed for a year. It would not help him at his point in his career to not play or anything like that. So he's going to show up at some point and he's going to kick for the 49ers for one more year. And then he'll move on probably to Chicago. And it is an important position. And Chicago is the team that let him go and now realizes, oh, man, that was a big mistake because they can't. <laughs> you know, I think it was I don't remember who tweeted it out, but I saw a story about uh, it was alumni day at minicamp for the Bears, and they had a bunch of old alumni and, you know, some fans there watching. They tried to make it as pressure-packed as possible. They had three kickers in camp, and they lined them up, and one of the kickers went off the upright. The other one went wide left, one went wide right, and all three kickers missed. And so that's where you're at with the Bears, and ask any Bear fans how important a kicker is. Yeah, and it's funny because at the end of the season, uh, Bears GM really made it a point to kind of say, we're going to make this, you know, a number one priority in the offseason. And they didn't really do that at all. I mean, that's the funny thing. They brought in seven kickers or 12 kickers or whatever it was. And maybe that was their idea of, well, we'll just we'll just throw a bunch of people at it and someone's got to do it. But uh, shocked that they didn't go out and get, a, you know, a veteran or go and draft a guy. I think they picked up, up a couple undrafted free agent guys. But, yeah, it's pretty funny as you bring up the Bears situation and, and how much – um, I was actually in the Chicago area when Robbie Gold left, and a lot of people were really upset. A lot of you know bitter Bears fans were kind of like, hey, "It's about time he kind of slipped that last year." But uh, obviously, one of the best kickers uh, in Bears history, and now they could really use him. And here he is, kind of begging to come back, and the Bears would love it. But there's the 49ers standing in the way, saying, "Well, you're on contract for another year, so uh, we'll see how he performs if he comes back and, and what that happens, or how stubborn he's going to be." Again, he continues to talk about being with his family, so uh, we'll see if he just. Decides to be like, hey, I mean, if it's me and I really want to be with my family, I'm a millionaire at this point. Uh, you're loving your life. You got Pro Bowls. You got all that. Maybe it's time to, to step away. But I, I'm with you. I think he ends up kicking uh, one more year because I don't think he's completely done. But it's it's always interesting to kind of watch a crucial position. It's not like, you know, as we talk about a plan B, there's not, you know, if you look at your backfield right now, you got plenty of guys that you could plug in there, but not so much in the kicker position. So um, that's interesting. And in fact, what we'll do is we'll take a break. And when we come back on the other side, I'm going to kind of pick your brain on that running back position a little bit uh, and figure out what's going on there. So what we'll do is we'll step aside. We'll get a couple words from some of our sponsors. We'll be back. This is the Thursday edition Lockdown Ramps crossovers with Brian Peacock. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Third and final segment, Thursday crossover. We are doing our scheduled preview series. Brian Peacock with us, BD Peacock on Twitter. Go give him a follow. Always putting up great content. I don't care if you don't like the Niners or not. You plug into this podcast, you're going to pull something away from it. Always a good laugh. Uh, and you guys always have good uh, topics that you guys are talking about there. Uh, so go give him a follow. Uh, and we kind of left talking about uh, that running back room, and we talked a little bit about it after the draft, but I kind of want to you know, dive into it a little bit because 
Obviously, you got Telvin Colvin that Telvin came Col- Coleman that came over this year. Uh, he had some of his best years in Atlanta under Kyle Shanahan. Uh, Burita last year went for over a thousand and five touchdowns. You got Jarek McKinnon, uh, who you gave a four year deal to just last year, but it's coming off of ACL. What's that backfield look like? Who's the number one guy, and who's going to get lost in the mix? I think at this point, if you ask most people, and the guy who's getting all the reps is Tevin Coleman because neither Matt Breida or Jarek McKinnon were at minicamp and OTAs. And Jarek McKinnon, because he's coming off that ACL that he tore just before last season, and uh, Matt Breida has uh, a minor issue that he had to get taken care of. I think it was a hip issue that he uh, got worked on. He's supposed to be ready for camp, but he was out for the for the uh, offseason and didn't attend any OTAs or mini camps. And obviously he was kind of dealing with a banged up ankle from last year. So he's got to heal up and be completely ready to go in camp. And if he is completely ready to go in camp, let me put it this way. If you're out and a lot of people out there might not be 49ers fans on your podcast. I know that, but they probably (laughs) would like to have a Kyle Shanahan running back on their fantasy team. Right. I think it's going to look like Tevin Coleman running back one and then Matt Breida and, Jarek McKinnon being the change of pace backs, and it might be that way as it heads into early in the regular season. I would take the massive discount on Matt Breida because I still think he's the best pure runner, and everyone talks about Tevin Coleman and his history with Kyle Shanahan. Well, guess what? Matt Breida has a history with Kyle Shanahan too, right. and I, Matt Breida is more a, a more pure runner, and between the 20s, I think Matt Breida would be my running back one, and then Tevin Coleman would be the guy who's more of the hammer back and maybe a goal line back, short yardage guy, and then Jarek McKinnon would have a role as the passing down only back. And I'd be surprised if Jarek McKinnon has more than the third most carries on the 49ers roster. He's going to be probably coming off the ACL and maybe even a dark horse to be cut at the end of camp because the Mm -hmm. 49ers have another guy, a fourth running back named Raheem Mostert, who's a special teams demon. And... They only keep three running backs active on game day, and Mostert is going to be one of them. So if the other two backs are Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida, then, and they're paying Jarek McKinnon a lot of money, and there is no cap hit for releasing him, I would not be completely shocked to see McKinnon get cut before uh, the season starts if everybody's healthy, uh, if, if that's the case, because they're not going to be able to keep those three guys active on game days if Mostert is that special teams slot. So basically, Tevin Coleman is probably the money... You know, probably the guy you would bet on being the the number one running back for the 49ers going into the season. But I have a feeling that Matt Burita, given if he's healthy, would be the guy that might be able to take that over or at least be a really even split by the end of it. Yeah, I like the way you put it there. Telvin Coleman has history with Kyle Shanahan, but so does Burita. Obviously, what right. he did and, and with the numbers and if he can stay healthy. Again, a guy that, uh, you know, a little bit smaller frame. So getting beat up and kind of the wear and tear throughout the year is probably the the worry there with him, especially coming off, like you mentioned, still kind of dealing uh, with the ankle. But it's crazy how far, you know, one year comes with, you know, McKinnon and talking about how excited it seemed like you guys were when you picked him up, the, you know, last year. Uh, you know, it goes down with the injury and all of a sudden your third potentially looking at maybe not even making the roster. That's the life of the NFL. Uh, but that's when he did a lot of his best work in Minnesota when he was kind of that change of pace guy and didn't have to be the guy. So maybe that's where when he gets healthy, he comes back and people shine in that area. But we'll see. That's that's another really interesting kind of battle going into camp. And I guess that kind of goes into my next question is, you know, looking at the roster, what's what's the biggest camp battle story coming into this season uh, for the 49ers. 
I think that's a big one. I think a lot, there's a lot more depth on offense right now. So I think the running back battle, I think, is going to be a, a really good one, especially if all three of those guys are healthy for camp and watching them battle it out. And if they are healthy, it might be something where it's just a complete committee. And I think Kyle Shanahan is OK with that. Um, but it's funny because Tevin Coleman, even with, with Kyle Shanahan, was still the backup in Atlanta, too. And um, so that, that that's still going to shake out. But if teams are if people are drafting for fantasy right now, they're probably taking Tevin Coleman, which is why I say take the discount on Matt Breida there. And wide receiver is the other one on offense because they have a lot of good young wide receivers that are completely unknown, like Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd, the rookies, second and third rounders this year. Coming into his second season, Dante Pettis is expected to win that X wide receiver spot over Marquise Goodwin, but those guys are going to battle it out a little bit. And then they brought in the veteran Jordan Matthews in the offseason to add a little size to that group. Uh, they've got Trent Taylor, who's just a complete menace in the slot in sort of a Wes Welker mold, and they hired Wes Welker as a wide receivers coach. So I wonder if the 49ers might try to spread things out a little bit more this year. But um, it's really all about George Kittle being that number one wide receiver as a tight end. And then we'll see how things hash out. And I think right now the 49ers are counting on Dante Pettis having his sophomore year breakout as Kittle did last year and becoming uh, one of the top receiving weapons for the 49ers. But still a lot has to shake out there. And there's going to be a really fun competition on offense with the with the skill position, guys, because the offensive line is pretty well set. And, you know, Garoppolo's the guy as long as he's healthy at quarterback. So that's really the only thing that's up for grabs for the 49ers uh, in training camp on offense is the running back and wide receiver spots. Yeah, and talking about fantasy football, you know, Mr. Kittle right there, that's somebody that you better be targeting when you're going out oh, yeah. and doing your picks because last year my brother grabbed him late and uh, made a deep run into the playoffs and, and rubbed it in all of our faces. As I think it was week one, I, I faced him and I was like, oh, I'm worried about Kittle. Okay, and then all of a sudden he goes on to just have this monster season. So uh, another guy to watch out in, in fantasy world there. And, and you're really setting me up here on my transitions because I wanted to go into Garoppolo and you kind of mentioned him there at the end uh this is obviously kyle shanahan and uh sean mcveigh both took jobs at the same time obviously we know the you know projection that sean mcveigh has gone so far not so much for kyle shannon yet but he's dealt with a lot of things right kind of turning over the roster a lot of injuries uh getting the quarterback that he wants but not being able to really utilize him yet um but coming into this year who has more pressure is it kyle shanahan or is it jimmy no. g I think still Kyle Shanahan because Jimmy G knows he's the guy. He just has to be healthy. And it sounds like he's confident in that knee and he's ahead of schedule with that knee and was able to do everything in in many camps that he needed to do this offseason. He's still not allowed to to be touched and be uh, in 11 on 11 stuff, but everything seven on seven wise. And and uh, it, that looks to be going well with his knee. And as long as his knee holds up, then. Uh, I, I think that will really spell, and it's and still it's only his second full offseason with Kyle Shanahan, and that's usually in Shanahan's offense and uh, much the same as it is for uh, the players in Los Angeles coming in there. It's you know it's not the easiest offense to learn, and so that year two, that second full offseason that you get is so important, and it might have even helped Jimmy Garoppolo mentally to maybe sit last year and watch because I think that's that last step for him is uh, is just knowing, and I think maybe. We, he kind of sputtered a little bit out of the gate. The 49ers offense did last year under Kyle Shanahan. And I think it, the, he simplified things to a point where it was really easy for Jimmy Garoppolo when he jumped in and won five games in a row at the end of the 2017 season. Last year coming in, I think he just had that full playbook. The weight of that dumped on him and he, he just, it wasn't it wasn't quite 
clicking yet last year. So I think that has a chance to to really click for the 49ers coming into the year. And Jimmy Garoppolo right now as a 49ers starting quarterback is six and two in his career. So uh, and everybody else that started those last two seasons, 27, 2017 and 2018 is like a combined two and 30 or whatever it is. So uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's 49ers have been uh, a different team than everybody else's 49ers when they've been quarterback of the team. So I expect uh, year three and really it should be year two and really the first full year, God willing that Jimmy Garoppolo stays healthy for the 49ers. It should be uh, a really big jump in production and uh, I think that's what has 49ers fans excited. I think most people got a little bit ahead of themselves with the hype going into last year, but they have so much more depth now. Uh, they're so much better, both offensively and defensively, personnel-wise. Healthy Garoppolo after his second full offseason with Kyle Shanahan. This is the year that the 49ers are set up to make that jump, and we'll see how far that jump is. But uh, anything less than, say, an 8-8 eight and eight record, I think, 49ers should be pretty disappointed by that because they should be ready to compete right now. And if they're not ready to compete every single week, then I think they need to start asking some questions about uh, what's going on up top in the organization. Yeah, it's crazy to just hear you say Jimmy G's record so far as a 49ers because you kind of forget those wins that he stacked up at the end of the year were kind of at a... I don't want to say. I mean, it was basically season over at that point, right? Not a lot of pressure kind of came in and, and took the league by storm by, you know, closing out the season the way that he did. And then, like you mentioned, kind of getting off to a slow start and then getting injured. And he's never really had a go. He's never had a full he's, shot at it yet. So, um, you know, it's going to be something kind of to, to watch definitely this year. And you talked about kind of the record and, and what the other quarterbacks have done. And looking just in the last, you know, couple of years, first Niners and Rams, Niners won, you know, swept back in 2016. They're only two wins of that season. 2017, they split 1-1. Last year, the Rams swept the whole division, including two wins, obviously, against the Niners. What's 2019 look for Rams and, and uh, Niners? Is it is it another split, or how's this thing going down? Yeah, I th- just even when there's bad and good teams within the division, it seems like they know each other so well, and you play a team twice, there's so many home-and-home home splits. So if I had to put money on it in Vegas, I would probably put it on a home-and-home home split with the 49ers and the Rams. Um, but that that's going to be a tough one for the 49ers week six, and it's going to be a real test for them to see where they're at. Going into Los Angeles, that's going to be, I think, probably one of the big games for the 49ers schedule. Where are the 49ers? Um, it's not really an easy run up to that week six, but that'll really be the test. Okay, here's your first division game. It's it's the first division game on the 49ers schedule. It's in L.A. against the Rams, who own the division right now, and uh, that's that's really what I'm looking forward to. And then that flex game week 16 that's in Santa Clara, the, the question there is, is that a, a primetime game or is it not? And I think that's uh, that's where that game That'll be pretty telling there is when that game is played, whether I think the 49ers have a shot to win that game because if things aren't going well and it's not that and it doesn't get flexed into primetime, then I think you know where that thing might be going. And if it does get flexed into primetime, then I think uh, the 49ers have a good shot to take that home game because they'll be playing for something in week 16 most likely. Yeah, you talked about those first five games before the week six matchup. Uh, Two road games have started at Tampa Bay, at Cincinnati. Come home versus Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Uh, the Rams play a couple of those teams in the first couple of weeks as well. And then that game on the road. So you're right. Those first couple of games, 
you know, not the toughest opponents, but some road games that make those tough. Obviously, a Pittsburgh team, which we're all are kind of curious about. And, of course, Cleveland, who, you know, if you ask people out in Ohio, might be, uh, you know, already getting their Super Bowl rings ready in the way that they have their expectations. So it's a fun matchup early in the season, as you talked about, the first divisional matchup. And it's going to show true to a lot of things for the season. And you mentioned kind of looking at improving to, you know, eight or nine wins. If, if somehow the, the Niners can get up there, make that game at the end of the year interesting and, and start fighting for nine, 10 wins, you're looking for a playoff spot and kind of kicking the Seahawks out of the playoffs, which, you know, is the kind of, in my eyes, a three battle race here for the, for, you know, two positions in the playoffs. Uh, but it could be interesting, but man, I, I really appreciate you coming on, Brian. Always love your insight. I look forward to talking to you again as we get closer to the season and, and really just ready to play some football. But uh, guys, make sure to go give him a follow at BD Peacock. Uh, he's the host of Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure, man. Always fun doing the crossover. All right. With that said, you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time. Peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.